money, deals, tribal knowledge, resources, training, coaching, partnering. We are Texas's largest real estate investor association at texasstarterkit.com. My name is Shanoa Grove. Welcome to the show. Usually uh, this tip comes out of something that I'm actively seeing in the market right here, right now, today. And so uh, we give uh, these tips, in fact, we probably have, um, uh, these are all of the different tips that we've given just over the last year. And they range for, from understanding the different truck contracts, understanding the different ways to stop a foreclosure, why you should not use a quick claim deed in Texas, uh, uh, so much stuff in here, so much what I think is really great stuff. And if you guys are, who, who, and I'll ask you guys, who in here is at university right now? Okay, who in here is at YouTube University right now learning about real estate? Okay, yeah, so, so usually we have a high percentage of people that are at YouTube University. If you want YouTube University that's gonna give you valuable tips about investing in this Texas market, then I would suggest you go through all the tips of the week that we have on our Texas RIAs YouTube channel. Uh, so one of the things that I see is a lot of new investors um, because YouTube University is so easy to get on and watch and, and um, there are some really great characters out there, right, training you on how to be a real estate investor, uh, what I find is a lot of people have no idea where the folks that you're learning from live. Think about any of your favorite YouTube people. Do you have any idea where they live? And the answer is probably not. Some of them you might, but the answer is probably not. So the, the issue when it comes to real estate is real estate is 100% local. Local contracts, local contractors, right? Local rules, local laws, right? Local power teams. Um, and uh, uh, the laws piece is usually what gets someone in trouble. So I see a lot of people will come here and say, I heard about this tax deed sale. So I want to understand all about it. And look, somebody just like looked up like, oh yes, I've, I've been listening about the tax deed sales. It's like, it sounds so good. Uh, tell, point me where to go to buy this house for $100 that I can you know, later resell for uh, $10,000. I'm like, there is no such animal here in Texas and we do it a little differently here in Texas. And if that is something that you are going to follow or going to try, then you might be a little disappointed, but it's gonna take you about six months to realize that that strategy doesn't necessarily work here. So this is why we say, get your advice, get your knowledge, get your, what we call tips of the week, your tribal knowledge from people who live here, work here, invest here, right? Uh, to make sure that you're making the right decisions, to make sure you're following the current laws, to make sure that um, um, everything is, is uh, going in your direction. And uh, it's so funny, because we talked earlier in our earlier segment about left-brainers. Uh, so today's tip, and this is before I even saw you, Tracy, uh, walking around with your book, um, and kind of pegged you as left-brain, and then you told me what you're reading. So, um, but the tip of this week, of the week is, is paperwork. And, and so this is gonna sound a little uh, uh, contradictory for me telling you guys to take action, and now I'm telling you guys to do paperwork. So, but I'll go into a little bit more about why I'm telling you uh, some of the things that we do in real estate where paperwork is incredibly important. So I was talking to an investor today who was telling me about a loan that they had done to another investor. And that investor was then taking that money and kind of pulling together a group of money and then going and loaning that money out. And 
as a result, what kind of documentation do you think that she had with that other investor? Uh, the answer is not enough. The answer is not enough at the end of the day, okay? Um, what kind of, a, what kind of uh, documentation do you want if you are, if you are lending to someone? A promissory note, beautiful. What else do we want to enforce the promissory note? We want a deed of trust. What does a promissory note and a deed of trust allow us to do in Texas? It allows us to foreclose on someone if they stop making payments or if they do not honor the, um, uh, the items, uh, the clauses in that deed of trust. So in this particular case, did this investor have either of those two documents? No. So what happens when, you know, when everything sounds so good and you're just, and you're new and you don't know and you expect the other person to tell you? Because in real estate investing, everyone is completely 100% uh, honest. <laughs> I wish that were the case too. I wish that were the case too. But what do we sometimes find? Do you find that, that you know, sometimes there's, sometimes there are people that are, and I kind of, will put them into two camps. Um, number one, they are incompetent, which happens, right? And number two, they are liars, right? Either way, you're out for me. Like, I don't want to do business with you if you're incompetent or, or you're a liar. That's, that's, that's my, that's, 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 I don't think that's a high bar to cross, right? But that is my bar, right? Uh, so, so in this particular case, I mean, you know, so, and I kind of heard, I kind of heard the other side of the story, which was the person who he had sent money. Well, I just haven't sold those properties yet. So that's why I'm not paying, but I'm going to pay as soon as insert item here, right? So, th so now this woman finds herself with uh, uh, a lien that's not papered up. And does that cause um, a little bit of uh, fear, anxiety, a little bit of sleepless nights? That would be all the sleepless nights, right? There's no, like, yeah, I don't even, Albutron, I don't know, what are these sleep aid things? Like, there's not enough of that out there to make you sleep past $100,000 that might have gone out to another investor that you're not, you, don't, you don't have papered up. So what I find is these unsecured liens create a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety. Uh, it all sounds good at the time of loan origination, right? So somebody's selling and, and, and you're buying. Uh, but it gets complicated, very complex when things go wrong. And so I will ask you guys, uh, please um, do your homework, do your due diligence. And again, I, you know, my, my, one of my goals for 2018, and this has been one of my goals every year ever since, uh, was to assume positive intent, right? Just assume positive intent. And the other investor who, you know, brought me this issue and said, I've got this problem. And I said, you know, oh, this is so easy. Just pull out your promissory note and deed of trust and we'll get this handled right away. And they're like, well, the, 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 the what a sorry note and the, and the, and the deed of what? Uh, so, so in my heart sunk for this uh, person, but you know, guys, I'll just say that real estate investing is very much the wild, wild west, okay? And in order to be safe, you have to paper up your deals in the right way. And that also includes uh, the paperwork that you do with a, with, with, with a homeowner, right? When you're talking to a homeowner, does, does it, you're gonna sign a contract with the homeowner, right? And after they sign a contract with you, what's gonna happen? They're gonna follow through with everything that they signed on that contract, is that true? No. And some of you guys might be saying, well, wait a second. 
the Texas Real Estate Commission one to four family contract, there's no out for the seller. Is that true? That's true. Can the seller get out of that contract? If the buyer doesn't perform, the seller could get out of the contract, right? If the buyer doesn't uh, put earnest money at the title company, right? Or take the, uh, or take the contract to the title company. Um, so in that case, they could get out, right? Uh, but there are very few items in the tra- contract that allow a seller to get out. But does a seller often get out of a contract? And, and what, what does a seller use to get out of a contract? Not the option period. What's, what's an excuse? What's the excuse the seller might have to get out of a contract? Why would a seller want to get out of a contract with you after you papered it up properly? Why? It's very simple. Another buyer comes in and offers $1,000 to $5,000 more than you did, right? So, and, and, then, and then something kicks in. This is a, um, you should write this down. This is, this is catching. Um, uh, this is, and this is not a new phenomenon. Uh, it's called seller amnesia, okay? That's a thing. I have experienced it. I have seen it in the wild. There is no vaccine for this so-called seller amnesia, and it presents in very, many different ways, right? But one of the most obvious ways it presents is that a seller will uh, uh, ghost you, right? They'll not answer your calls. What kind of paperwork do you want to make sure you have in place to protect yourself as the buyer? The meteorology report tonight is brought to you by, is that David? David? (laughs) So how do we cloud the title? A memorandum of contract. A memorandum of contract, yeah. So that's some additional paperwork that many of you guys may not be familiar with that will make sure that you're able to push that seller to closing or worst case scenario, get the seller to pay you at the time that they close to the other buyer and let's hope that that other buyer is paying them a lot more. Okay, uh, so there's some paperwork involved to make sure that we do this uh, correctly and we make sure that we make money and make sure that we can count our eggs before uh, our eggs hatch. But I will, you know, there, there is a balance here. And the balance that I want to talk about tonight is, um, is, is the balance in terms of paperwork when it comes to the paperwork between what your CPA tells you to do and what your attorney tells you to do and what your wallet tells you to do. What, how does that paperwork look different? What is, what is your CPA trying to make sure is accomplished? You pay the lowest amount of taxes possible, right? What is your attorney trying to accomplish? That you don't get sued, right? So I'll tell you, uh, the paperwork that our attorney and CPA had us do when we first got started in real estate investing, so Tracy, I'm bringing this all back to you, yeah. Literally, to keep us safe, um, and as left-brainers, we wanted to, you know, we had all the insurance policies, right? We want to be completely safe. They wanted us to have one set of QuickBooks and one bank account for every what? Property. Property. Which sounds, okay, I could do that. Until when? Until you're trying to reconcile and close the books every month and you're going through every single one until you're at Home Depot and you're like, okay, which debit card do I get out to charge this thing? And I don't wanna screw it up because then I'm gonna cause this business across these properties. So at some point, 
as we were investing in real estate, we realized that we were, not, we were no longer investing in real estate. We realized that we were the chief bookkeeper. What's the problem with the chief bookkeeper? There's no money in that job. Yes, I apologize to any bookkeepers in the room. I'm sure I just offended someone. Don't cancel me, uh, at least not tonight. I don't, think there's, I don't think bookkeepers are a protected class yet. I hear they're forming, uh, unionizing, I don't know. But, uh, but uh, that was funny. <laughs> okay, all right, no more bookkeeper jokes. I'm just gonna cross that one off, so uh, good to know. But, but um, so the problem is when you're the bookkeeper as a real estate investor, there's no money in it, right? And some of you guys may do what we've done is we've outsourced the bookkeeping, right? But at some point you have to balance this necessity for paperwork with this necessity to generate money, to generate income, to do deals. Uh, so I will say, even though I want you guys, and it's a hard balance to find, you know, my left brainers are gonna over paperwork everything, right? And, and gonna maybe overdo everything and be like we were when we first started our business. But at some point you're gonna find that happy medium in your business where you're using instead of a different set of QuickBooks for every single property, you're using the asset classes uh, that you can set up so just to make it a lot more effortless. And instead of having a, a bank account for every property, you may decide you you want, only want to have one bank account for every certain number of properties to limit your liability. So these corporate veils, uh, which we hear a lot about getting pierced, uh, don't get pierced, right? So, so there is a fine line and everyone's going to have that fine line when it comes to paperwork and when it comes to protection at a different level. And the, you know, when someone asked me like, well, how many properties should I have in you know, one, L one LLC or how many properties should I have in one bank account? I typically start or answer that by asking them the question. And I'll ask, uh, Tracy, I'm gonna start with you. Um, when you go to Vegas, if you go to Vegas, okay, um, are you at the 25 cent slot machines or playing like the Wheel of Fortune for like a dollar? Are you putting $100 on red 13? You're doing both? Okay, all right. So you have a less risk aversion than I would have originally pegged you for, okay? You don't gamble. I don't, I, 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 I play like the Wheel of Fortune would cost a dollar. I'll play, I'll play like Pi Gal Poker. Has anybody in here played Pi Gal Poker? Just curious, no one. Oh man, you guys have not lived until you played Pi Gal Poker. It's, it's the poker game that you can sit at the table for like three hours and never be up or down more than $20. It's uh, really kind of fun. It's, it's a fun, yeah, so it's like, it's no risk, right? It's, it's kind of a no risk, uh, and I don't, uh, it's kind of a no risk sort of a game. But you know, for the people who tell me, no, when I go to Vegas, number one, like, you know, I don't play anything. Great, you're gonna have an individual set of QuickBooks for every company, you're gonna have an individual LLC for every company, and you're gonna have you know, an individual bank account for every company. And then when I talk to someone else who says, no, I'm gonna put $100 on Black 13, and it's like, no, you're just gonna shove it all together and, 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 and hope for the best, right? So, so everyone's risk profile is a little bit different, so everyone's paperwork is going to vary as a result of that. Uh, but I do want to tell you that in, in real estate, making sure that you get it right um, as you are doing as you are doing that is something that is very important. So whether that is uh, from the standpoint of protecting yourself um, or even protecting the other investors that you are working with as well. 
whether that's from the standpoint of protecting your contract, right, using those uh, strategies like a memorandum of contract, or whether that's from the standpoint of making sure that your business is set up properly. Uh, so those are just some things that I want to just offer you guys for consideration. And for us, we love to give uh, these different tips and tricks as you're investing in real estate to make sure that you've got some of that uh, tribal knowledge so you know where the sand traps are, so you know how to navigate around them, especially when we are in a period of uncertainty. So every week we give a different uh, piece of tribal knowledge to make sure you guys are successful. Texas's largest real estate investor association at TexasStarterKit.com. If you like today's episode, please subscribe, comment, share with other investors, or join us directly at TexasStarterKit.com.